Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified sound and reconnective healing therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so please feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, please feel free to post the question, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, you can call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. That way you can listen via phone, or if you are driving around, please be sure to use your Bluetooth. You know, we talk a lot about gratitude on this show. We talk about it because, well, for me, gratitude is the basis for a purposeful and loving life. And when we give gratitude for what we do and have, we receive an abundance of the most wonderful things in life. And my guest tonight subscribes to that same philosophy. Brenda Knight has employed the practice of gratitude for years. Brenda is a 20-year publishing veteran the founding editor of Viva Editions, a division of Cleese Press, and quite an accomplished author, having written many books, including Shiro's, The Poetry Oracle, Wild Woman in Books, and she is the recipient of the American Book Award for Women of the Beat Generation. And Brenda volunteers for the American Cancer Society as a counselor for the newly diagnosed and leads a writing workshop titled Putting Your Passion on Paper. In her newest book, is our topic for discussion tonight, The Grateful Table, Blessings, Prayers, and Graces, where she shares 365 blessings to light the way toward cultivating gratitude every day. And in addition to her own books, Brenda edits and contributes to most all Viva Edition's titles. So good evening, Brenda. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. How are you being this evening? I am wonderful, and I'm just thrilled to be here in gratitude with you. It's great, isn't it? Everything goes so much better when you're grateful. <laughs> sure does. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. First, I want to thank you for the many authors you have sent to me. We here at Energy Awareness Radio have had some great shows because of Viva Editions. Some of the authors, they include Tony Burroughs, Polly Campbell, uh, Alan Klein, David Mezapal, and Susan Reed, all of whom I noticed have given great praise to this, your most recent book, The Grateful Table. So the <laughs> testimonials are actually in the front of the book, and we're just very grateful to you for all that you do for us to make this show so successful. So thank you for that. You're very welcome, and we sure are blessed in the author department. I mean, they're just wonderful people. I mean, it's so nice when you work with people that you really like and you enjoy them, and in my case, like, you know, I'll just be having a conversation with Susan Reeve or Polly about something, and, you know, in the conversation, they'll drop something that's pretty enlightening and, and that I is real food for thought that I take away with me, so... Yes, I, I count my authors among my many blessings. <laughs> and that's great because, you know, it, it, does, it certainly makes work a whole lot better when you like the people that you work with and that you get so much from them and they get so much from you because, well, as we all know, in every situation you are both the student and the teacher. And when it's done in gratitude, it makes it even that much more fun and you feel more passionate about your work. And, yeah, everything seems to flow the way that it's supposed to when we live that way. And for you know, for a lot of people, they're very much overwhelmed today, and they seem to have misplaced the process of how to connect with others in a truly meaningful way. And by that, 
I guess I mean I attribute a lot of that to technology. You can't connect well through texting, emailing, or leaving a voicemail. Your book, however, allows us to take a moment to breathe and to do a 180, to actually turn 180 degrees from the current day standards of communication. And you, you take it and you make it very simple to follow, but it's not just simple. You make it easy to put into practice. So what was the catalyst for you writing this book? You know, I've been collecting graces for years, and honestly, as I say in the introduction to The Grateful Table, I learned it as a little child from my mother and my uh, relatives, like my great aunts and uncles. My mother, Helen, um, was um, a little kid during the Great Depression, and so when she said we walked to school barefoot or we only wore hand-me-downs or I wore my brother's cast-off shoes or something, like she wasn't, she wasn't kidding or, or uh, exaggerating. She was telling the truth. And then her mom and her, you know, great aunts and uncles, like they survived the Depression. So these people, I guess they were the greatest generation and then the greatest generation before them, they knew what it was like to go hungry, to have to like worry about what, where your next dollar and your next meal was going to come from, taking care of your children. And so I learned from them like that you just lived very simply, you lived very gratefully, and you definitely, you you know, you, you did the hard work to like keep the food on the table. All of these people grew their own food, had gardens, you know, were handy and, like, do carpentry work. And I mean the women, too. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, so I learned they just – but instead of complaining or talking about how horrible it was to, like, know hunger and hard times, they looked back and they just were stories that they shared over a meal that they grew and cooked their own food and brought it to us. And so I learned right there, you know, ground zero for me, the art of gratitude. And I've never forgotten it. You know, and you do talk about your family members in your introduction, and they are the greatest generation. They're touted as that, and they did survive the Great Depression. And they had a huge influence on you because of all of that. Do you think that what they had then, and let's look at what we have now going on in this world with everybody's talking about, you know, all the food that has, is riddled with GMOs. There is really not a lot of safety measures that people count on anymore because I, I don't know, since the beginning of the year, I know a number, a number of people who have had food, food poisoning from going to restaurants and eating things that aren't safe and, you know, they haven't been prepared properly and they haven't been cleaned properly. Do you think that probably at this point in time, that influence that you had right now, it seems to be coming back again where people are looking back and saying, you know what, maybe it is time to go back to the basics and grow our own food and do our own thing because you do get that instant gratification. Well, it's not instant when you're growing the food, but it's that gratification that you grow it yourself and you know what you're eating and you know what you're making. Do you, does this make sense to you? Absolutely. I think you're exactly right, T. Love. I'm pretty excited to see it, although I have to laugh to myself that, that you know, I did chores, like, even before I went to school, um, you know, I took care of the chickens, and I had, like, a couple of rows of vegetables that I were, were mine to, like, weed and things like that. And so, you know, in the morning, like, you know, I would get up, and the first thing I would need to do was go uh, – you know, gather the eggs 
and make sure everything was okay in the hen house, all was well in the hen house. Nobody had escaped and run away during the night. And then, you know, uh, at the evening, it's the same thing, you know, feed them, water them, clean up. And at the time, like, you know, I think I felt it felt good to be a little kid, you know, like five and six years old and have that kind of responsibility and learn how to care for things and care for animals and take care of myself, I guess. And so to me, it's hilarious that, like, the whole chicken thing, like growing, raising chickens is like a glamorous thing that even people like Jennifer Aniston do in Hollywood. That just cracks me up. But I also see it as a good thing, and I remember watching um, the Oprah show, like, when the economy crashed in October of 2008, and she said, this is, you know, what's happened is really going to be hard. But she said, I think it's going to bring people closer together. And that is what happened in the Depression, is that families and people really came together and took care of each other. Um, and that happened to to some extent in the, I guess, the budget crunch of 2008 and whatever we're going through now is as a result of that. So a certain amount of the DIY, do-it-yourself, grow-your-own-food is the result of the sort of mini um, depression, which we call the Great Recession, that happened in 2008, the very month that Viva Editions was born, <laughs> I will no, say. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a reason for that. You know, exactly. in the for you to be coming to the top. You know, the cream always comes to the top, right? Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do think that there's something, there's a correlation here that people are looking back and saying, you know what, maybe things are getting to be a bit too much because there's more farmers markets now, and a lot of them are going right through the winter. So people who are growing food in, you know, a greenhouse are now trying to put their their product out there for people who will, uh, you know, want to have better tasting food and know where it came from. I personally would rather spend more money on my local farmers than go to the produce store where I'm, or even the supermarket where I am just looking at things that I don't know where they came from. I don't know what's in it. I don't know what pesticides have been used on it. And, and I cannot trust the organic label if it's from another country because we don't know that they've actually met the standards because there isn't a whole lot of policing going on. So to me, when I look at all that and I think, ah, you know what? And now just recently finding out that the yoga mat that I practice on is actually something that's in the bread that I was eating. Oh, no. So now I make my own bread. (laughs) Good for you. And you know what? I think bread is love. I do. I think that when you bake bread and, like, serve it to your loved ones and family and friends or, like, bring it as a hostess gift to a dinner or something, bread is love. So that's perfect that tea love is baking up (laughs) some love. (laughs) I think it's true that anything you cook with love, you know, you, you are trying, I mean, there are times where you're just trying to throw a meal on the table. I get that. But many times if you really think about it and just take the time to stop and say, what's for dinner tonight and what can we make? Even if it's some sort of fast food and you're throwing things together that are in cans, because a lot of people do do that, you know, that's fine too. But if you do have a garden and it's really hard in New Jersey to do this, we have a lot of bears and we have a lot of deer and they eat everything. So that's why I count on the farmers and I don't mind paying more because they're taking care of all that. That's a big job. I'm not going to do it. Now I can go somewhere, get the stuff. And if I choose to, I can can my own things, get me through the winter. It's a process, but it is a process in 
it's a ritual. And just having that ritual and knowing what you're going to use it for, potentially what you could use it for, tomatoes or onions or anything that you're putting up, it, it is with love and it is with gratitude because you realize, wow, I'm lucky to live in a place where I have a choice. I don't have to eat the stuff that's just put in front of me and say, this is it. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, we have a book called Lemons and Lavender, um, and it's all about, like, DIY and baking and gardening and compost and all that. And I'm happy to send that to you because you might love some recipes. And, like, if you get really serious about baking, I am looking for, like, a, like a, a, a baking book that needs to be, like, a, the spirituality of baking. So I'm putting that out there to you and your listeners. Oh, I think that's great. I definitely believe in the spirituality of cooking and baking because it's, it is something that you're doing for those you love. And even if it's for yourself, you're doing it to nourish your body. So you might as well put some good stuff in. This is the only one you get. And quite frankly, we treat our cars better than we do our own vehicles that we drive. You know, we're driving our vehicle, which is our human body, but we treat the car that we jump in a whole lot better and take better care of that than we do of ourselves. And, and I think just in, see, in reading some of the, the uh, poetry in your book and the quotes in your book and seeing that, you realize, wow, there is really a whole lot more to saying grace at the family table than one would imagine because a lot of people just throw it out there and they don't really speak it. They're just saying it to get it over with, to get to the food. And you bring a lot in the book of, it just it just puts so much more into it. It makes it into a ritual. You know, it's a spiritual practice that you put in there with meditations and graces. And there is something to be said for people taking time and gathering around a table and saying grace. It makes a difference in our lives. I know you believe that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that one of the quotes, I can't remember what page it's on, but Daphne Rose Kingma, do you know her? She's written about, mm-hmm. like, love and true love and, and heart and soul and things like that. Um, her, one of her quotes is one of my favorites. I have, I guess, dozens of favorites, but hers is in the top ten. And it's really simple but so profound and beautiful. And it, she just says, saying thank you brings more love into the world. And really, isn't that what it's all about? But I love this simplicity that with which Daphne Rose Kingma says that, and so I made sure to put that into the grateful table because that kind of sums it up right there. It absolutely does, yes. Um, and that actually is on page 124. <laughs> oh, good July for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's July 30th. It's saying thank you right. for love. Yeah, it just, it does. And it's a prayer, just those two words. I think it was Eckhart Tolle, not Eckhart Tolle, uh, Master, Master Eckhart who said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that is enough. And Absolutely. it is if you sincerely mean it. Yeah, if you sincerely mean it, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, what I really love about the practice of gratitude for people that are like been practicing for years or decades or people just really coming into the awareness of it. It seems really simple and almost like too easy, like, wait a minute, that was so easy. How can that really bring about this big, important transformation if it's so easy? But it does. Like the shift in attitude that happens when you take a moment 
to still yourself and be with yourself and be present in the moment and just count your blessings and think about what you're grateful for is an enormous transformation that not only shifts your attitude to an attitude of gratitude, but it also like uh, causes like all kinds of positive things to happen in your body and your physiology and in your brain. So it's healthier too. Very much so. As a matter of fact, a study was done through the HeartMath Institute, and the study included uh, different words in the English language. And in the English language, they found there are only four words that will actually start to initiate healing in the human body. And it isn't the composition of the words. It isn't the vowels and the, and the consonants and how they're put together. It isn't how it sounds. It's the feelings that they evoke. And the four words are appreciation, care, compassion, and gratitude. And if you can just, in, in three minutes, you can sit and concentrate on something you're grateful for, you will actually raise your endorphin level by, I think it was um, 100, 100% and reduce your, your uh, stress levels by I think it was 26%. That's huge. Right there is a 126% difference in your attitude just because for three minutes you sat and you thought about something and you felt it. You really, you really felt it again at that moment, something you were very grateful for or cared about or were compassionate about or, or were appreciative of. And the, last can, the effects of that exercise can last for six hours. So gratitude is huge. I know it is, and I'm so glad that people, more and more people are discovering it every day. And, um, I mean, I really think we're in the midst of a, of a big gratitude movement. But it's been kind of subtle and quiet, which I also think is lovely. It didn't, like, come on like a freight train. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's, a, there's a, a, just a beauty and a simplicity to it. And, and I also love that there's been sort of a um, – simplicity movement too i think there was um i remember there was sort of a radical simplicity movement i think maybe in like the 60s or 70s and um you know i don't know whether that was sort of the whole earth catalog and the whole earth movement like you know a little bit of like the scientists and the hippies sort of brought it about (laughs) and and Mm -hmm. i think that we're also experiencing that and that's a slowing down um, which people really need to do in this over-amped and over-apt age. And people just need to slow down and, and still themselves and, and embrace, like, the sort of simple virtues, you know, which obviously in our minds, gratitude is front and center, but also kindness and generosity and patience, those simple virtues that, like, make us better humans but you can't be racing around like to 10,000 meetings and texting as you're walking down the street, you know. That's not the way to like simplicity and happiness. And I um, don't want to say it like in a negative way. I want to say it as positively as possible. But I hope that the young people, you know, like the young people leaving college, entering the workplace, all the tech workers and especially the students like, you know, um, high schoolers and middle schoolers today don't think that their life, that they have to just rush through their life, that they need to slow down and uh, get to know themselves, get to know other people, you know, share love and then also be, you know, loving kindness towards yourself. I, I see this 
you know, over-amped and over-apt age, which I sort of just came up with just now, and, and I just want to set an intention, Tony Burroughs style, for people to be present in the moment and not always living in the next minute. I think people are realizing that they need to do that, and they're starting to figure out how. Because to say that, maybe even three years ago, people thought, yeah, okay, but how do you do that? What do you mean I'm not present in the moment? I know what's going on. But they weren't really getting it. And I've seen over the past probably, I'll say five years, a real influx in people attending meditation retreats or classes or going to yoga and more men coming to yoga from high-level positions, a lot of execs coming into yoga classes because they know, oh, this is really going to help me. And they only come a couple of times and then they realize this is good. And then the interesting thing is two, three years ago, they didn't really talk about it too much. They'd go to class and they'd leave. Now they, they'll tell you, yeah, I was talking to a group of the people at work and I brought it up at a meeting and, and they're not ashamed or embarrassed is the word I guess to talk about the fact that they go to yoga because I think for even though yoga started with men and then went to women and now it's a mix I think guys were kind of afraid to to let them know let people know they were vulnerable and they needed to do something like that so I agree I think there's a real turnaround here in people seeking out ways in which to be present and quiet their mind have you noticed that as well Absolutely, and I say more power to them because, like, the more people, like, gentle down and, um, again, like, practice, you know, things like kindness and and generosity and gratitude, it's sort of like a, you know, a positive – I'm trying to think of the word besides like virus, but like you know, it's a it's a it's a viral positivity. You feel that way, you share it, um, and and you touch you know the person you're being kind to or being patient with, and they in turn can share that with the two or three people they see you know later that day, and it just grows and grows. And so you know, I I'll turn on the news in the morning and then at night and sort of uh, gird myself to, like, okay, you're going to get a real dose of, like, you know, sort of toxic news from the networks, but, like, brace yourself, and, you know, that I, I just listen so I know what happened, like, while I was at work practicing gratitude all day, and um, then I just think, like, you know, I'm going to send positive energy towards, like, the, the people that need it, towards the people that are experiencing this wildfire or this crime-ridden neighborhood or whatever. I'm sending sending meta and mojo and a lot of, like, love and light your way. And so that's my real simple, you know, do-it-yourself way of, like, trying to, to spread goodness to to the world because the more of us that can do it, and I'd love to hear, like, your ideas and thoughts on that and also your, your listeners and and Facebook family. I'd love to know how other people deal with the negativity that we get through network news and like how you can sort of turn that around and and face it in a positive way. And you know, I think we're seeing it on TV when things happen, how communities come together. And we've, we've saw it, it probably started, my most recent recollection where people really came together was of course 9-11. And then, but it didn't last all that long. And then Hurricane Katrina and all the different things, the worldwide things that have been going on, tsunamis and everything like that, we have seen 
communities and people all over the world come together to help those through, through the compassion that we all share. And I agree. I think that when something comes up on the news and I see it, I'll be like, oh, God bless. But then I have to be honest. I want to change the channel, and I will, because I can't take on all of that negativity in my field because then I can't help anybody else. And I think everybody on the planet is like that. We cannot function if we're just glued to the TV and being horror struck by all that we see. Yeah, I can take it for about 15 or 20 minutes, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to, like, move and and groove. But, um, you know, but I also want to feel that I'm um, aware of what's going on. And and, um, I had a friend last week that came over and stayed. I've given given her, like, two copies of Tony Burroughs' books, Get What You Want. (laughs) She keeps giving Mm -hmm. them away, which is fine. You know, I love that book so much. I wrote the introduction about how it really saved and helped me. And, of course, gratitude is like a basic practice um, of Tony Burroughs' intending. And she was in this sort of what I call like a downward spiral about like just all the like bad news in the world. And she was saying like, well, we got to do something about it. And I said, Yes, you can do something about it. Stop giving it attention <laughs> and turn your attention to the positive. Instead of worrying about what's happening across the planet or across town that's really sad and bad, send them blessings. And then, like, if you really want to help people, like, go volunteer at Glide Memorial downtown and serve beans to, like, the battered women in the shelter and the homeless people. I said, you can do something about it, one kind act at a time. That's right. That's, that's absolutely true. And I firmly believe in the practice of a daily gratitude. I, I believe that can be life-changing. It can be transformational. And I think it can be transformational and life-changing immediately. From the moment you say thank you for the first time and you sincerely mean it, you will start to feel a shift. And the more you become aware of when you say thank you or pointing, pointing things out to people. You know, we all are told when we do something wrong, and I'm upset with you because of this, you said this to me, you did this, I didn't like your attitude about this. But how many times do people really and truly say, you know what, thank you so much for that. I really respect the fact that you said that or I saw what you did. I think that's wonderful. And, and that is part of like my daily practice. I do gratitudes in the morning and I do gratitudes in the evening. So I start the day feeling good and I end the day feeling good. And during the day, if something happens to come up and usually I find something, I will either speak right then and there or if I don't feel to do that at the moment, I'll email the person or call the person and say, you know what, I saw this happen today and I have to tell you, that was really wonderful. Thank you so much for that. You did good. And they feel so much better and it causes a chain reaction, I believe, because then they move forward and do the same thing for someone else. Do you believe that? I do, absolutely. And I have to tell you, uh, T. Love, that I suddenly realized, I think, like during the holidays when the Grateful Table came right off the press, that I could give it as a gift. Isn't that funny? Um, And um, I actually, like, ordered it and paid for it myself because I want to make sure that – the people that I'm giving the royalties to, boss, you know, the um, the shelter yes. that's helping young women and children get as much um, money as possible. So that was my little act of generosity. And plus, I'm so blessed to have work that I love that I'm more than happy to buy my own book, like and support, you know, Viva Editions and support boss. But I realized, oh my gosh, I can, because if you open the Grateful Table, the right there, the very first, like, inside page, 
says this book belongs to, you know, so that makes yeah. it like you can sign your name, you can put T. Love there, or if you want to give it as a gift, you can put the, your, your loved one's name. And so I've been sending it like as a little thank you, like with a little personal note, like, and then I write, this book belongs to, I sent one to B.J. Gallagher. I think you probably have her on T. Love or It's Never I Too do. Late to Be What You Might Have Been. So I said, this book belongs to B.J. Gallagher. You are a blessing in my life. Thanks for all you do. Like, love, Brenda. And I have to tell you that, like, I'm starting to get really hooked on that. And I'm, I'm like, sending them, like, all around to people. And, you know, it just makes me so happy to be able to share, like, the, you know, these 365 blessings, but also to acknowledge the person. So that's exactly what you were talking about, you know, a minute ago, T-Love, was, you, you know, people want to be affirmed and acknowledge people crave it we all do i think it's a basic human virtue that people like want to be acknowledged like for the good that they do so i love to like catch people doing something right and then acknowledge it and of course now i can give them a copy of a grateful table and inscribe it and personalize to them and and use my book as a thank you note i think that's a fabulous idea i got the book and saw this book belongs to, and I thought, oh, I'll write me in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally was going to write me, and I put, but I think I need to wait. I want to, um, I, I had a lot of things going on. I, th- I thought, I want to wait. I'm going to order a book. This one I am keeping for me. There are books I get from people, and they just feel good, and I keep them for me, and then I'll order a similar book for someone else. But I know someone who's having a birthday soon. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's next Wednesday, and I'm going to get her this book and give it to her because it's, to me, it's 365 days of a birthday present. Right. Yeah. I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time they pick it up, it's just because being grateful is not just good for the people you say thank you to. It's so much, so good for you. Your heart's magnetic field is 100 times larger than your brain's magnetic field. So when you put out a, a feeling, that feeling is going to go much further, and that person will get it, as will everybody else out there. And then you get it a lot because it's your heart that's sending it. It comes right back to you. And I really believe it is immediate. If you start a practice that's simple, you can just write one thing a day that you're grateful for, but truly mean it and truly feel it and relive it, and you will see your life change in no time at all, in absolutely no time at all. And this is a good way to do it with these because not only does it give you uh, how you can be thankful, but it gives you a process if you have difficulty getting people to gather around the table because let's face it, that's pretty much gone by the wayside. People don't really do family dinners all that often anymore. It's hard to get people together. The kids are at soccer and ballet and, you know, they're taking tennis lessons and swimming and off to skiing and and now they have book reports due and, uh, you know, I got to build a diorama by tomorrow, whatever it is they have to do. Uh, All this stuff that goes on and when do families really come together? Even if it were just once a week, and they knew, oh, get the book and let's see what it is. You could actually have people, if you did it once a week, read seven days' work around the table and then do the right. next week. Absolutely. I would love that if there was like a little movement. But even if people can only do it a few times a year, there's still enormous benefit. And the one thing I can tell you is that, you know, I think, um, oh, I feel like in maybe when I was 
80s and 90s when I was like first, you know, having my career and everything that people really only said grace, like, you know, on Thanksgiving. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that that at least it's no longer that way. I think people are, are saying grace and, um, you know, much more often. And also a thing that I've noticed, a trend of the last couple of years is that there's a lot more people um, – you know, going to restaurants and sitting with strangers because now there's these community tables. It's like a huge trend. It used to be like just in San Francisco and L.A. at the Gratitude Cafe. Of course, it's named Gratitude Cafe. And, you know, the tables were all community tables. There was no tables just for two. If you were going to the Gratitude Cafe, you had to sit with other people, and the whole purpose was to share your gratitude and um get to know people. I'm sure there was like romances and lifelong friendships and all kinds of amazing things that happen as a result of that. But now it's gone all over the country. I mean, even in like, you know, the Midwest and the South and the Northeast. And I love that the idea of community tables and people meeting each other and breaking bread. And and when you do that, it sort of turns every Buddy at the table into family, and that's also a thing that gratitude does, and saying grace and sharing your blessings does. You can start out strangers, but at the end of the meal and with the attitude of gratitude, you're going to have a connection that lasts a lifetime. What a great cafe! I wonder if there's one in New York. I do not know of one in New Jersey where I live, but I wonder if there's one in New York. Yeah, you know, I'm going to find out for you and let you know. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. It's a great way to get people to interact just a little bit. You know, you don't have to be friends forever, but you never know who you're going to meet and what your words always impact someone in some way. So it's always best to try to use your filter and come with love no matter what. And if you do that, the impact will be good and it will make not just their life better, but those they interact with down the road better and yours a whole lot better because you're living from your heart. You're living in gratitude. And people think, well, that's impossible to do. It's really hard. Once you start doing it, it's really, really not that hard. It's so much harder to walk around mad, upset, and depressed. That's work. Right. Right. It really is. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, people can um, – People can join the gratitude movement. Now, are you, do you have anything online like a gratitude movement or anything like that? Or have you thought about anything like that to to do anything uh, online where people could sign in and get information or newsletter or anything? Because that's a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) You You know, I think that, um, you know, the Living Life is a Thank You authors, Nina um, Lesowitz and Mary Beth Mm -hmm. Sammons. They have a new book coming out. I'm sure that you're going to love it this fall. It's called The The Grateful Life. And they actually go pretty in-depth about the um, neuroscience of gratitude, and, um, you know, which I think is obviously a category of interest for you, and you know a lot mm-hmm. already. And so they are spearheading this where they're going to have gratitude circles and things like that. So I'm going to um, – yeah, I know we're going to be having some gratitude circles in the greater Bay Area and um, hopefully in Chicago where Mary Beth Sammons lives, and I hope it can grow to other cities. And I know if we get to New York, New Jersey, that we'll be knocking on your door. Sure, absolutely. I think it's great. I really do. It's a it's a healthy movement. It's a preventive. It is a preventive to me, I believe, in, uh, you know, health care. 
it's, it's good to do things that will maintain your optimum health. And positive attitude has a lot to do with that. And being grateful just evokes positive attitude. And therefore, you're helping to prevent different things from coming in because stress used to be the cause of 85% of the diseases out there. And now they're saying it's 90. And I'm thinking, well, you guys are way off. It's probably 99.99999 because everything right. you get is, is from stress of some sort. Even if you get kicked in the shin and you get a black and blue mark, the kick was stressful on the bone. That's why you have black and blue mark, you know. So right. everything. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And you'll have to let me know when that book comes out so we can have them on too. Again, cause oh, you know book. it. Heck yes. Uh, <laughs> now, I know you stated that uh, uh, Daphne Rose King, you loved that quote for July 30th. Is there another favorite that you'd be willing to share with us? I have a favorite, but is there another favorite that you'd be willing to share with us? Absolutely. I mean, you noticed, I'm sure, that I snuck in some practices, too, in addition to the graces and blessings and poetry. And so one of the ones that I love is Polly Campbell, whom you mentioned at the very beginning, uh, on page 142, and it's for um, September 1st. It's be creative. For 30 consecutive days, make a list of at least five things you're grateful for. Include on each list one item you've never before expressed gratitude for, such as dental floss, as well as one item that is a gift which was hidden in a challenge or problem or a disappointment. Like, for example, the gift of a traffic jam might be the gift of patience. The gift of a disagreement might be learning to accept another point of view, etc. Be creative. And that's the wonderful and wise Polly Campbell. And that's sort of a gratitude challenge. That's a great challenge, too. It really is because, yeah, you have to find – you actually have to – it's a mystery game. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And, you know, we need to all challenge ourselves. I mean, I know that you you do all the time because you're really on a path of growing spiritually. And I think we all need to, like, stretch our wings and, like, you know, sharpen the saw and, like, sort of keep – striving um, and, you know, challenge ourselves. Like, you know, again, like if we if we stop and forget to count our blessings for a moment, we can think about how stressful things are in our lives and too busy and overburdened and overwhelmed and that the world is going to hack in a handbasket or something. Like it's easy to get like that. But if you challenge yourself like to, to say like, well, Sure, things are tough, but like I can I can make things better starting with myself and my loved ones and you know my hometown, my street, my neighborhood. And so I think we I, I love the idea of challenging ourselves to be a good in the world. And I think too that we're human. You know, no one's perfect. We're all works in progress and we need to cut ourselves some slack. So when you do have a moment where you slip up or something and you think, you know, and you're upset, you can be really grateful for the fact that you had the wherewithal to snap yourself out of it. That in itself is a gift to, okay, I'm aware enough to know that, okay, I don't need to be doing this and I can calm down right here and now. So thank you, God, for letting me catch it before it got too out of hand. And that right there is is a little bit of gratitude that you can throw out there and treat yourself and give yourself, you know, a pat on the back. Yeah. But I would love to hear your favorite quote from the Grateful Table. Well, I went through various dates that were 
significant to me. And then there's one that really isn't that significant to me. And I thought, well, let's see what it says on this day. And that was the one. And I said, wow, okay. It actually is December 31st. And it said, this most wonderful day. If we are ever to enjoy life, now is the time, not tomorrow, nor next year, nor in some future life after we have died. The best preparation for a better life next year is a full, complete, harmonious, joyous life this year. Our beliefs in a rich future life are of little importance unless we coin them into a rich present life. Today should always be our most wonderful day. And that's Thomas Dreyer. And it's similar to, and I don't like Winnie the Pooh at all, but I just saw this the other day. I never was into (laughs) Winnie the Pooh. But Winnie, I just got a cartoon, and Winnie the Pooh, and I think Tigger or Little Piglet, maybe it was Piglet, um, was walking with, with Winnie the Pooh, and he said, how's your day? And he said, it's the most wonderful day ever. And I thought, I like that. And then I, you know, I remembered, wait a minute, why do I know this? And I was like, oh, I just read her book. And I remembered it was somewhere in here, and I went through the dates, and all insignificant dates to me, and none of them were really, they were great, but it was like, okay, okay. And then I got this one, and I said, this is the one. Because it really ah. speaks to me loudly as to how you should be every day, you know, and to give yourself gratitude challenges. And if you can't find one, make one up. I am on a board of directors for an organization and one of the committees is a women in business committee. And I brought to them a gratitude challenge for the year. And I said, okay, everybody, you need to write one thank you note. It can't have the word thank you on the outside. You have to actually write the note thank you to a person once a month, once a week, once every two weeks or once a day, and the fee to join, and they're like, the fee to join, what are you talking about? And I said, well, it's going to cost you to do this. You have to supply your own stuff, but if you do once a week, I think it was, once a month, I think it was like $20. Once a week, it was probably $35, 50 for uh, once every two weeks, and 100 for doing 365 notes in the year. And he's like, what's the purpose of this? And I said, well, the fundraising part is to make money for a scholarship fund, but this is actually to make you and someone else feel better. It is a challenge to write a thank you note a week because you can't just in January say, well, I got 12 Christmas presents. I'm done for the year. That's, that's cheating. You have to do one a month or one a week or one every two weeks or one every day and decide what you're going to do. And it's going to be implemented, I believe we're implementing it on May 1st, because it's not easy to get people on board to do this, to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, at the end of it all, everybody that does this and other people can, you know, donate to like a self-care basket, because it is the women in business. So we'll do a self-care basket. And at the end, if you did once a month, you'll have 12 entries. Once every two weeks, you'll have 26. Once every, you know, week is 52. And if you do the yearly one, you have 365 chances to win we shuffle up all the you know the the names and we pull one out and you'll win the pamper basket which will be valued at well over you know the money that you put into it so you have a shot at it it's a raffle and it's for a cause but it allows you to do something that's good for yourself and others so selling this hasn't been easy and the next sale of it is tomorrow night actually and that's the final one and hopefully we'll have enough people to implement it on may 1st so, you know, May Day, Basket Day, May Baskets. Next May, somebody will get a, a, care, a, um, you know, a self-care pamper basket. I thought it was a good idea. It's a tough sell, though. <laughs> right, right. Well, spring is getting closer, and people might be filled with, like, the, you know, excitement of a new season and new beginnings and new growth and things like that. So I, I, I love the idea of it. I think that's wonderful and good, yeah. good for you for 
Because that is a challenge. It is a challenge, you know, but it's for a good cause. So it's, it's twofold. It's tax deductible. You might win something. It's a challenge for you. It's good for somebody else. It doesn't do anything but good all the way around. I couldn't figure out what the problem might be. You know, and the first note could be to, I mean, you could even write a note to the universe and say, thank you so much that this winter's over, and thank you for all the snow because that's our summer water. You know, you can do that. It's okay. <laughs> you know, anything simple like that will work. Uh, we're getting toward the top of the hour, and I don't want to be remiss here, but I do want to hear about Building Opportunity for Self-Sufficiency, which is the BOSS program you spoke about, and why you picked that organization as the recipient of the royalties from your book. Yes, I, I did. I used to mention Glide Memorial Church. I mean, I live in um, Berkeley area now in, in the Bay Area, but I did live in San Francisco for like 18 years, and so I went regularly to Glide Memorial, it's kind of a famous church because, um, like, Oprah gives, like, you know, like, she'll send, like, a $100,000 check to, like, buy all the turkeys so they can give, like, all the, you know, um, poor folks and, and, you know, people that are going hungry in San Francisco food. And so I would volunteer there and, like, serve beans and had some of the most wonderful times in my life, like, sitting there singing and, and, you know, just feeling part of the community and also feeling that I was helping and making a difference. And, boy, is that an attitude shift to see how other mm-hmm. people live. Anytime somebody, like, gets too self-centered and, and all that, I say, like, you need to go serve beans at Glide Memorial. So I was going to, to do that, and then I had this thought, well, you don't live in San Francisco anymore, and they have Oprah. <laughs> they don't really need <laughs> Oprah. And so I thought, take your own advice and look at who's in your own backyard. And so I, I asked around, like I have a friend, you know, friends that own stores in the neighborhood, and I said, where is a really good um, organization where if I give money, I know it's going to go, I know with confidence it's going to go right into the hands and pockets of people that really need it. And every single person that I asked in Berkeley said, oh, that's boss, building opportunities for sustainable living. And I said, well, what is, what is it about them that's so special? And they said, the money goes directly to, the, to families and and it's not, you know, uh, just giving them a handout. It's giving them um, money. It's giving them clothing. It's giving them computer skills and work skills. It's giving them outfits they can uh, ta- they can wear to go to um, job job interviews. It's giving them resume skills. And so they're they're giving them tools and money and help and food and support so that they can stand on their own two feet and then turn around and help other people. And so I went to check them out. I called them. I went and visited. When I was there, there was like a little birthday party for like an adorable little family that had been, you know, everybody lost their job. They were going hungry. They lost their home. They were they were living in shelters, and they found Boss, and Boss found them. And the dad found a job. The mom, you know, uh, actually um, found a wonderful preschool for her children. And they were just like this beautiful, happy family celebrating, like, the new start they had in their life. And so I thought, grateful table. 
I'm going to give back. I'm going to give back to them. And so I, you know, became friends with them on Facebook and everything, and I check all the time to, like, see the wonderful things happening with Boss. And i got to tell you, T, that I am so excited. Like, when I get my first royalty check, I'm going to, like, march over there and, like, mm-hmm. hand it to them. And I am so thrilled to know that it's going to be helping people just give them what they need to, like, stand on their own. And and I'm so grateful to do that and to share the gratitude. And I just think that, like, you know, I want to be a good in the world, and that's one way I can do it. Well, that's fabulous. That is a fabulous cause and what a generous spirit you have. And, of course, that's because you live a life of gratitude. And don't we all aspire to be very much like that? Gosh, Brenda, it was so wonderful having you on. I'm really grateful that you were able to be here. And I know the Grateful Table, they can get it on Amazon or they can get it at their local booksellers. They sure can. I know Barnes and Noble just ordered like a few thousand more, and this is my favorite thing. Like starting in the summer, they're going to be able to get it at Cracker Barrel. Now, how great is that? <laughs> that is great. That's fabulous. I know wow. you can go get the like turkey and dressing and ha- and like read the Grateful Table and have Thanksgiving every single day. <laughs> you should actually have Thanksgiving every day. That's what it's all about. You know, listeners, we need you to spread the word. So please. You know, you hear everything on Energy Awareness Radio that you love, and we'd like you to share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests I have, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. And we need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tool to do just that. So send the link to the show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you have just had to learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
It's not a hand. 